Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant Liana Sangster. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. So, invited you back on the show this week to talk about a topic I've seen coming up with a range of clients, actually, and it seems really common, and it's basically clients either at an individual team and organization level, and I think they all play together, which are kind of an overwhelm because they have too many priorities, too much stuff going on. They've got a million initiatives kind of stuff. And what I see happening to a lot of them or the conversations I have a lot is kind of this burning out, Mm. right? There's so much going on. I'm just trying to keep my head above water kind of stuff. And so what I'd love to hear from you is, you know, have you come across that? And then have a chat about People do probably at those three levels. So what do we do as individuals if we're in that situation? As a team, how do we face that? Culturally, as an organization, you know, what can we do? So mm. what do you reckon? Big topic. It's so common, you know, in all different organizations at all levels. Mm. Often at manager, leader level, when you hear people say things like, there's just so much on, you know, I'm just trying to get to the end of the year. It's essentially like at a macro level. Busyness is a bit addictive, I think, on some levels. Um, it can be, and that kind of it can be like crisis, crisis management. We just go from one crisis to another. Mm. It's reactive, mm. and I think some people would say there's a period with which that might be like okay, but can it be sustained long term? It's like anything stress over a long period of time is going to inhibit your ability to make sound decisions mm. and work at your optimum. So, mm. at some point, we need to kind of go: is this achieving what we want it to achieve and what's mm. the risk if we, we stay at this level, this mm. operating rhythm, if you talk about burnout. But I mean, prioritization is a topic that comes up all the time with organizations and individuals around how do we prioritize better because we're putting our effort in so many different places. And sometimes they feel like they're just not moving forward, yep. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So why do they struggle with it, I guess? Why is it such a common topic? What do you think? Oh, why is it a common topic? There are so many reasons and things that I have observed in the culture of an organization at an individual level. And you, you really can't tease them out, I don't think, because mm. the norms in an organization will determine how people make decisions. Mm. And so if we're making decisions without linking back into our core purpose or we are making decisions reactively or we're making decisions in silos or we might mm. not challenge decisions like all of it kind of encompasses and creates a norm that can then cause people to not prioritize but overfill their plate with stuff to do mm. so i suppose one of the things that emerges when people have not clearly prioritized is that there's not a clear goal in the first place mm. so we're not really necessarily clear on what it is we're trying to achieve and what is good look like not only at a, a macro level, you could also look at that from an individual level when individuals are trying to make decisions on their, you know, their workload. Mm. They need role clarity, need to know where their role plays out in the rest of the organization so that they can make decisions about what, what they move on and what they don't. So what you say yes to, what you say no to, and what you might delay, which is a jumbled way of saying that it's all encompassing, but really you need to be very clear on what you're trying to achieve. And so, what the outcome is you're looking for. So, so does it start at the top, I guess? Like, 
I mean, I was working with a team recently and, and I, I laugh because they had the like strategy on a page, plan on a page kind of stuff, mm. right? And why do you do a plan on a page? Why do you do your strategy on a page? To minimize it, to stay key focus areas. To keep it really simple, right? Because yeah, it simple. forces you to be really simple. But instead, it was just written in like four point <laughs> font or something. It was like, it was like they just basically shrunk everything. Uh, plan on a wall. And it was like a million initiatives or however many it was, 50 <laughs> initiatives or something. No, for one team. I mean, it was like, yeah, how did no we get way. Here? How did no we get here? way can we do it. And I just, I laughed because it was like, the whole point of planning a page is you've got to boil it down to the four initiatives that matter mm. or something like that. But they, we kept the same content, you know, the same approach, but just shrunk everything <laughs> so we just fit it on, which sums it up, though, I think, this whole initiative overload, priority overload. Because ultimately, I think, look, it can come out of different places if you think in circumplex terms. Yeah. It could come out of this drive to want to stand out and perform and could be quite red. But I think... Often it's maybe a combination of that and the green stuff because it's not being able to deprioritize. Yeah. It's, right? Yeah. Prioritization it's a- to me, ultimately, everything, look, there's lots of great ideas. There's lots of stuff we want to do. But if we're going to prioritize, we've really got to deprioritize. So what are we not going to do? And that's the tougher conversation. Yeah, definitely. It's So it's one of those things where there's no one right rule around how do we get here. But I think it's an interesting data point. So for that client you're talking about, mm. then how do we use that observation of this kind of not being able to prioritize to understand what are the behaviors that are getting us to this point in the first place. Yeah. And so you're 100% right. It could be we're trying to look good by by doing a lot of stuff. We could be you know, caught up. Sometimes a really common thing I hear from organizations is they might have a, a leader or a, a kind of a norm around getting caught up with the shiny things. You know, So when things happen, well, yeah, let's do that. Mm. That sounds really fun mm. and mm. exciting. But And that can be a bit of a more of a task oriented if it's shiny and fun. Mm. We might look good or it makes us look good. But I think one of the really common things is, you know, independent cultures, for example, or passive cultures, we don't have an ability, to your point, to say no, because the norm around here is we do what's expected of us. Mm. And so if you've got a situation where we believe we are supposed to just do and not challenge, mm. then and you have leaders who expect people to tell them if it's not doable, uh-huh. you find yourself in a bind where people are going, yep, 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 and the leaders are going, okay, well, they're saying yes, yeah, so it must be okay. Uh-huh. And so all of a sudden we've just got this shopping list of stuff to do and we haven't had the conversation around how feasible is this or does this actually, is this a high priority thing? Is it going to change or work towards the outcome we're trying to achieve? So that conversation just may not be happening. So it may not be happening or not happen effectively. So one I've seen mm. recently was Exactly the situation you're describing. The leader expects people to say what is not is not achievable, right? That's what they say. But then when that conversation came up, you know, oh, we need to do this really urgently. It's like, cool, but if we do that, it means I can't do this. Or, you know, it was that conversation. It's like, well, they're both really important, yeah. so they both need to happen, find <laughs> a way to make it happen. Yeah. And so it's like, hold on, you know, what you actually said last week was, you know, come back to me yeah. when it can't do. But when push came to shove, it was make it happen. It's funny you say that because it, it's so common to hear that. And often I kind of get a bit curious when leaders say, I want people to push back on me because I think, hmm, do you? <laughs> do, <laughs> do you? Yeah, do you? <laughs> I think that's very true. Um, because if you're saying that, it suggests that people aren't. And so the question really is, why aren't people pushing back on you? Mm what is getting in the way because, you know, it's a 
with response with responsibility comes power. Is that the saying? Or with power comes, comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah, great that's right. Right. yeah, yeah. You know, you you elicit a lot of power as in a leader, so you have to be really, really conscious that it's particularly if you're in a passive culture that it's very challenging for people to disagree mm. or push or. Mm. It needs to be taught and learned and shifted, but and we need to learn how to do that. But it's very challenging if you're in a passive culture to expect people to do that just off the cuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I'm waiting for someone to push back, but they don't feel they can. And I think it can flow from the leader too because they take on too many priorities. You know, so they have to buffer it. And mm. sometimes, look, if you're in a wider system, it could be uh, headquarters passing it down, or it could be, you know government system or something, passing it down, stuff yeah. we have to do. And so it can be hard sometimes. Definitely. You hear it in government agencies where they, if you think about the culture, the causal factors of passive culture around structure, their total influence or distribution of influence is a real indicator. Mm. And so if I don't feel like I have the capacity to influence, I'm not going to do that stuff. Mm. And so there is, there's, you know, there are some organisations that really believe in their, in their DNA that they can't actually, they're not the able to self-direct and influence those things. Mm. So, yeah, the ability to say no is a big one in prioritizing. So how do you take that conversation? I guess that there's probably two different levels. So one is at an individual level. So, you know, Liana, you need to do this thing. And you're like, well, no or yes, but I need to deprioritize something else, right? That's the, in my opinion, the two conversations. Yeah, what's got to give? Something's got to give. Yeah. But people can, I guess, feel a pressure to, well, can't you just get it done, mm. you know, in the 40-hour week or whatever, mm. just fit it in. It's So it's interesting, isn't it? Like a, Or the, maybe not the 40-hour week. Can't you work a 50-hour week? Uh, yeah. I'm sitting on this one because it, I think it's quite complex. Yeah. And it's so, he, like, you know, here's an example, right? You have clients who will go, well, we just need to reprioritize, so let's get together, reprioritize. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, let's just say we get that plan on a page in size yeah. 14 font now and it fits on a page and we've reprioritized. Yeah. But what happens when we leave the room? Because we can all be aligned in that moment and reprioritize. But what really tends to happen is something creeps in and happens when we mm-hmm. leave. So an example is a client I worked with where we did that very activity where we reprioritized and they asked me to come and do that with them. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking it's actually not the core issue here. Mm. The core issue is not getting chunking down into the key things because what happened was they got their priorities and then a couple of weeks later I was in a team meeting with them and the group referred to the key priorities. They said, yeah, okay, so these are the key priorities. So what you're asking now, you know, whoever, Johnny, is outside of that. And this, the leader said, oh, it's okay, we'll just do it too. All right. <laughs> so, Damn so it. Well, it's an good, example. On them for, good on them for referring back to the priorities. <laughs> Definitely. But shame on the leader for <laughs> then ignoring them. So I guess why, what I'm saying is that you've really got to – identify what is your pattern of behavior in your mm. team or in your organization mm. that then moves you away from that. And I, it can be quite unique for mm. another client. It was that when decisions were made or it would fall on deaf ears, so they weren't spending enough time. And so going into, okay, so what are the implications? What does this mean? What does it mean to you over here in finance? What does it mean to you over mm. here in supply? Mm. And so for them, it was more about just spending more time looking at, you know, problem solving models, for example, mm. just to allow more time to have that conversation. Mm. So it, it is very different for each client, but I think it's a very important one to get curious about what are the norms that are getting in the way of us being clear on priorities and, and doing them. And I think it's a great shout out because I've seen teams are like, 
Oh, yeah, we have to prioritize for sure. We come together and say, yeah, we need to prioritize your projects, but mine, like we need to keep those, right? The stuff I care about, well, no, that that can't go. It's Mm. all the other stuff is the Mm. problem. So especially in teams, it can be tough because people are kind of, well, whoa, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know we meant that prioritization about my yes, I have thing to that I something. care about. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so the concept, everyone can agree on the concept, but when, when the rubber's hitting the road, it can be, until it, it can be tough. Until it comes to making the decision that you personally don't like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what's our common goal? What's our collective purpose here? Yeah. Yeah, so it's complex, isn't it? It's not easy. I, I always think, you know, if I've done it before with like an MD and it's, they've got a million initiatives. I was like, you know, if you could only pick three, what would they be? Right, well, what's really the most important ones? Mm. You know, and get them to just boil it down as simple as that. If you could only have three, and which you, are the absolute essentials? You need and to then, revisit those, don't you? You need to constantly be revisiting them. Yeah, but it's like, well, so... What's mission critical? Mm. You know, what's truly mission critical versus nice to have kind of yeah. stuff. The other one I've seen is when companies, they, they downsize, you know, so we restructure, we re- remove a whole lot of resources. And sometimes at that time we will prioritize. So, hey, we've got less resources. We'll get rid of a bunch of stuff. And then the scope creeps over time to, well, actually we need to do what we used to do as well. But now we've got half the, half the team. Mm. So something's got to give because there's always in that equation, it's like demand. So we can change the demands, which is prioritizing, mm. right? So how many projects are we trying to do at a time? We can change the resources so we can either add more people, add more technology, whatever. Those are kind of the two sides of the equation. I guess in the middle would be how how do we do it? So how effective yeah, and efficient are we? Yeah, what are the efficiencies are we around how, doing we, it? how we deliver the work? Yeah, because you, you want to be realistic, but you also want to be open to the possibility that it's not about more resources necessarily. Yeah. So how do we work smarter? Yeah. And so it's all a bit, it's a bit of all of that. So it's interesting. At, at a, what if you're in the situation where at an organizational level, we're just committing to too much stuff, but you're not an exec, you know, you're, mm. you're reporting into an do? exec or something. So what, what do you do as that leader or that team? You know, like I think one of the key roles of a manager or a leader, if you're reporting into one, is to help you to prioritize because Mm. sometimes we think we know what's a priority Mm. but you need to kind of drill them Mm. like this is what I'm doing this is how I'm doing it this is what I'm able to get through and what I'm not able to get through do Mm. we need like just drill them on what's a key priority here because I think they often will expect you to come to them if that's a problem and that's really one of their key roles isn't it because they see they're exposed to more information and and, the manager you mean yeah yeah well that's right we the reason we have different levels of the hierarchy is we have different views yeah. of what's going on. So the manager or the frontline leader or something has a much better idea of the resources, yeah, right? So, How the resources are being used because they see the team performing every day. Yeah. So that's the view they can like, cool. They also see who's not, maybe wouldn't be as busy, but also they will have a, a very clear view on what's a priority and not, and perhaps you're just not across that. I think some people just think that they're supposed to do everything. But actually, maybe mm. if they really lent on someone else that has more information, you might find a different view. And I think it's pushing back and asking why. Yeah. Like, yes. why? Why are we doing this? Why? How does it help us achieve the mission, the mm. ultimate mission? Mm. You know, so the organization's here to do whatever. How does this help us? 
And I think you can equip yourself as an individual in an organization by going and talking to other people. You know, like you don't have to sit in your own bubble and figure out it on your own because sometimes there's replication of work or duplication or other people. That's where affiliative actually comes in from a really important role in your organization. It's not just about being friendly. Mm. It's about building the relationships to understand what else is going on in the business. So maybe you do find someone else in the department that's actually doing similar work or could help you or is underutilized, you know, like mm-hmm. get out so there. So it's that working and, smarter stuff. Yeah, yeah, get out there and don't focus on your own patch. What I see, well, at least the examples I'm thinking of, is that it's like the whole organization is busy. Yeah. The whole organization can't prioritize because mm. it's all coming down. There's just, you know, I remember I was sitting with someone and <laughs> just happened to be in the debrief room was their, their team project list and it was four pages long of like Excel lines. So I don't know how many lines that is, but it was a lot. Mm. It's like, that's what you're delivering this year. <laughs> yeah, and they had a three-person team or something, four-person team. Yeah, and you often hear people say that they don't feel their manager or leader understands the time it takes uh-huh. to actually deliver. Yes. So perhaps it's about actually, you know, equipping your leader with those or manager with that data, you know, so this yeah. is the time it takes to implement or, and this is how many resources we have, this is the gap currently. Do, Can do, you help? Do you think as well, I wonder if what would help as well is actually reviewing. Mm. So do we take time to time out to say, well, how are we going? Yeah, so check at in. the start of the year, we set these priorities, like how many have we delivered to what standard? Because like what I see a lot with companies that have you know too many priorities or everything's a priority, so nothing's a priority, is we're busy, we're doing lots of stuff, but are we actually delivering anything? Yeah, do we pause to look at how it's going? And if we are delivering stuff, to what standard, you know, mm. is it, are we smashing the few critical few priorities we have or are we half baking or, or quarter baking everything mm. where it like gets there, but it's not really that useful in the end. It just kind of fades out and we forget about it and, you know, move on to the next priority and well, not even next priority, the next thing yeah. to do. So you're talking about not just reviewing progress, but looking at is it doing what we set out to do versus are we just ticking a box on this? Exactly. Yeah. Are we really achieving? Quality check. Quality check, yeah. Yeah, agreed. You know, because I, I think people, a lot of people wear being busy as a badge of honor and we feel like we need to be seen as being busy. It's like, oh, I feel a bit unsafe. I'm not busy, especially mm. in a busy environment. So we get busy doing stuff. You know, if if we go to the circumplex, the achievement question is always where does my effort make a difference? So where does it make the most difference? And that's prioritization fundamentally under that statement, right? It's what actually makes a difference, what is going to move us forward versus everything's a priority and I'm going to try and do. Well, if everything is a priority, it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah, nothing's a priority. priority. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think it was Steve Jobs who said that he was as proud of what they said no to as much as what they said yes to. Mm. Because you can come up with a bunch of great ideas but without a key focus area, he was talking about the quality being compromised. So there was pride in being able to be so clear about what you're trying to achieve that mm. you can, you know, there's an anchor point with which you're able to assess whether you move on something. And so actually, it reminds me of when we run group activities, what tends to happen with people is they move into action quite quickly when you set mm-hmm. them a task. Yep. But actually, if you can hold them a little bit longer to think about your objective and to mm. think about what the alternatives might be to reach that objective mm. and to assess the situation, all those things mm. that we teach in mm. problem solving, mm. that if we create a norm around just, if we're so busy, 
we forget a really critical part of decision making. Yes. And we just move into action. So I think that's a really common thing. Yes. And it's putting them all, all together. So if this is our objective overall mm. of the initiatives we have, which is best serving us. So what I'm hearing, Liana, is there's different levels to it, right? And I think I think you've got to operate within, you know, you have a choice at the level you operate. So at an individual level, we get to choose where we put our time, energy and effort. Mm. Now, there might be expectations from the boss and that's about having that conversation. It's a brave conversation about saying no or prioritizing, right? So what are we going to remove? But it's presenting it in a, I think it's the way to approach it isn't by saying, you know, refusing to do it, kind of stuff, which could be oppositional. It's like, awesome, love it. But like, what's the best way to spend our energy? If we've got these 10 things, yeah. where do you want me to focus? Yeah, and clarify the, the role expectations around what good looks like. Be very clear about that and where this fits within what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, and the why. So I think those are critical. And you've got to hold your ground a little. So the example I had about, well, they're both priorities now, so do them both. Well, it's you got to hold your ground a little in, in that and say, well, you know, that is not achievable or it's not achievable without a cost. Yeah. Or, you know, it's because it can, it can, you're right, it can be oppositional to say it's not achievable. And I think some people really get, some leaders get quite frustrated by that because it feels like you're just blocking something yes. as opposed to spending some time looking at how it could be achieved. And I think that's yes. really important as an individual. So like you said, yes, I'm on board this. Can you and I sit down and have a look at all the other things I'm doing? to see how we, we might see how feasible it is to achieve all these mm. things and whether we might need to like shuffle some things around or mm. get. So you're still open to the possibility, but we need to problem solve together. Yeah. Like how I manage. Because they might actually say to you, that's no longer a priority or yes, I'll get some support in for you. But if you present with no, I can't because I'm too busy. It's a, it's a very difficult place to move from. Yeah. Well, so in a former life, I used to be on the business side of like an IT development, system development. And I had a great manager at that time. He was really good at that. So he was a black belt and lane six sigma, all that kind of stuff. And and he was very good at, you know, these are all the developments we want in the pipeline from the business. And new stuff would continuously come, right? I'll add this, add this. It's like, cool, we can totally do that. Here's the list of stuff we're doing in the order. Like, where does it fit in compared to this one? Is it more important or less important than that yeah. one? And pretty quickly, a lot of them were like, actually, it's not as important as the top 20, mm. you know, drop it right out because, you know, awesome, we can do that. Which do you want first? Yeah. You know, and suddenly it's like, so it's not saying no, it's actually saying, yeah, we can do it. But what's more important to you that you, know, you get this feature or that feature? Yep. And so that's where you're involving someone else in the decision, aren't you? Or making it their decision. It's yeah. kind of like when you work with clients as a consultant, you might go, well, if they often what happens is they might kind of crunch the time on you and you go, okay, well, these are the objectives we've got to work to. Which one can we let go of mm. if we're going to take three hours off the day? Yeah. So make it a decision that has to be made by. Yeah, that's right. And then potentially. Yeah, I like it. And then at a team level, it was about being able to have those conversations and actually being up for not just saying you're up for deep <laughs> for prioritization, but, you know, being willing to give up something as well. So being open mm. to that conversation as a team, I think can be difficult because everyone has their pet project and all that kind of stuff. So we truly up for it. And I guess you've got to really let go of my project, your project, mm. and get back to what's the overall objective, you know, take it up a level as a team. What are we here to achieve kind of stuff? And then do the prioritization. 
Yeah, and I think at that group level that depending on where the group's at in terms of the norms that exist in that group, you know, you often find that people will go to a leader on their own one-on-one to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, are they actually making decisions collectively and being transparent about the why they've landed on decisions. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and being transparent with the team on that. And then at the overall organisational level, it's kind of up to that exec team, right? To be, to me, it's about clarity of vision. You know, what fundamentally, what are the important things that we need to achieve? What are the critical few? And being crystal clear on where we want to be as an exec team. And I think, you know, people struggle with that. It's not easy. I'm not saying it is. But if, if you don't have that clarity at the exact level, then yeah. it will filter down into and multiply <laughs> as say, it goes down the organization. Yeah, clarity and alignment. Clarity and alignment. Yeah. 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 Critical. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we solved it all. It's, it's a tough issue. It's a big issue yeah, that people deal with. But it's about, you know, what can you do, right? What are the choices? Because you do have choices. So, and it's, look, it's, I think the thing about it is not an easy conversation at any of those levels, right? That was the theme that ran through those three levels is we need to have a pretty clear, honest, respectfully straight conversation about mm. what truly matters. And that's not always easy. Mm. So, you know, how do we have that constructive thing rather than dropping into passive and saying yes to everything or aggressive and battling it out and then doing our own thing anyway (laughs) yeah because we're not on the same page yeah just Um, just making some getting your teams or exec teams or organizations just starting to open up the dialogue about it and mm. continue to equip people with the ability to have those conversations in itself is quite powerful i would say yeah absolutely all right liana thanks for your time today thank you and i'll see you on another one Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.